Okay. All right. All right. Good afternoon, saints. My name is Brother James Guyo from Columbus, Ohio. Originally from Zimbabwe. I've been in the years of A about 23 years. And I came today with my wife of almost 23 years. <laughs> and we also have some sisters who came with us to encourage us in the gospel. We are thankful to the Lord for bringing us here in his name. I could have come in a different name that would not have been good news to you. But I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And much of what I am going to say will not be anything new. Just saying the same things that God has been saying over and over from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. That Christ alone is our salvation. He alone is our hope and he is our life. And we're going to go before the Lord and ask for his blessing on the words that he has given me to share with you all. And with that, let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you this afternoon as your people in Christ. We thank you for the testimony that you've given us, the testimony of salvation yes. by Christ shed blood on the cross. We thank you for the testimony of the Holy Spirit in us to convict us of our sin and to bear witness of Christ and the truth of his person and what he did to save us. I pray for all these whom we have gathered this afternoon. You speak to them the only way that you alone are able to speak. And may you help me to speak also. We pray and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, so our message is going to come from the book of John. I'm going to share with you what the Lord has given me for understanding. And I pray as the sovereign king of his creation, he knew what he wanted me to share. <laughs> so I'm going to read from the book of John chapter 18. Verses 1 to 12, where Apostle John, by the Holy Spirit, recorded for us and said, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I've told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way, that the same might be fulfilled, which he spake 
of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. That's the word of the Lord, and I have a title to the message. Let these go their way. Yes. Let these go their way. And again, a good afternoon, a good day to one and all. Who name Christ according to his gospel. It is a great blessing and honor to come in the name of Christ to declare to you and to any who has been given ears to hear the ministry of the new covenant by which the Lord Jesus served his people. He justified them from all their sins a thing which the law of Moses could not do because of the weakness of the flesh, because of the weakness of the human flesh. I would like to thank the Lord again for connecting me with Brother Pickett and all the saints with him, the Church of Christ with him. And it's because of our friendship and fellowship in Christ over the years that the Lord has brought me here. And in this we praise God who has united us all in Christ and granted us both faith and repentance unto the truth, unto life, the life of the Son of God. So pray for me as I've been praying for you that God will again speak to us and give us a word of truth and edification. And I'm going to open this way to what I've already said. There's much that is called or being called the gospel that is not the gospel. Just because a message has the name of Jesus or some language of grace in it does not make it a message from God. Because even Muslims who say Jesus is a prophet or was a prophet to some level. And the Mormons who also use the same language of Jesus, even of grace. They may even talk about the blood, but they don't talk about the blood of the Son of God, who is God. That's right. All right. They have a different Jesus. And a different Jesus cannot save you. <laughs> a Jesus who is not God cannot save you. So we have to say, this is how we identify the Jesus of God. By what he actually did Amen. when he came. Jesus did not put our salvation on a chase credit card. <laughs> All right, come on, and you know what happens with the credit cards. <laughs> they come with a lot of things written in fine print. In other words, they don't openly tell the truth. But in the matter of the gospel, we ought to be plain. We have to be clear because it concerns your appointment and judgment with the eternal God. You and I have an appointment with God. And it matters how we approach him. 
we're just not going to approach it whichever way we feel like. So we have to talk about the cross. The cross of Christ and what that means as far as God has declared it. And we have to agree with it. And that's faith. Faith agrees with God. Repentance agrees with God. Confession agrees with God. So what did Jesus himself say about the matter? Because he said something. He is not silent. We'll go to the text. And I hope I won't be too long. Because I've been known to talk very long. <laughs> Can't help it when you're talking about Jesus. Verse 1 of John 18, the apostle said, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. So Jesus left the room where he had just finished having the last supper with his disciples. And he crossed the Kidron Valley having prayed for them and his church. And John says that Jesus went forth with his disciples over the Brook Kidron to make some connections for us. Why? Because Jesus is the son of David. And his father David had been here before. In like manner, after betrayal by a trusted friend by the name of Ahithophel. So David was betrayed crossing the same river that Jesus was betrayed by Judas. That's the connection. And I'm not going to read it, but that's coming from Second Samuel 15, verse 30 to 31. So John wanted us to connect Jesus with David. Hear this. Verse 2. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. So Judas, the betrayer of the Lord, knew where Jesus was because this is where the Lord would take them to withdraw from the crowd of Jerusalem and be by themselves. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. So Judas came with a band of men, a Roman cohort, that is a band of about 600 men who were armed. And they were under instructions to pick up this troublemaker who claimed to be some king and the officers with them. They were also officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees. So they came with their weapons to arrest Jesus. And the officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees, the chief priests were the ones who represented the law. They represent the law because God gave the law to the priests. They were the custodians of the law. And they were Levites. And if you know, Judas, sorry, Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. So there's a lot that is going on here that we have to understand. Because if we understand what God has recorded for us, then we have some good news. 
we have to have some good news somewhere. So Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? The Lord Jesus knew the hour, and that means he knew the time that was appointed for him to die, the hour of what was to take place. But these people were clueless about the matter. And yet God was using them to bring about the events of the hour, the events of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. Yes. See that the Holy Spirit wants us to know that Jesus, knowing all things that should come upon him, that is speaking to Jesus being God, Amen. because only God knows all things. So Jesus did not know just some things from reading the Old Testament or reading the New York Times or USA Today. <laughs> all right. He knew all things because he was God Amen. and is God. And he was moving all things to the cross. Okay? So this is what John is telling us about who Jesus is. He is God. He knows all things. So he stepped up to this crowd and said, Whom seek ye? Whom do you seek? Who are, whom are you looking for? Whom do you want to apprehend and condemn? Whom do you want to put in chains? Whom do you want to crucify? Please identify the person. Because his identity is important. The identity of Jesus is very, very important. Remember when he was talking to his disciples, he asked them, Who do men say that I am? And a lot of men and women are saying a lot of things about Jesus. And they answered and said, Some say Isaiah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus did not even answer them. He didn't say, oh, they are wrong. He said, but who do you say that I am? Yes. So it comes down to you and Jesus. It doesn't matter what other people are saying about Jesus. Who do you say that Christ is? Who is he? And then Simon Peter uh, stepped up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, your grandmother taught you well. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. No, he didn't. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Yes. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father was in heaven. Yes. And that is saying, no one knows Christ apart from God revealing Christ. That's right. So they said, we are seeking Jesus of Nazareth. They were seeking for a person called Jesus of Nazareth. That is very important to know. They were not seeking for Mohammed. They were not seeking for Buddha. They were not seeking for no one else but Christ Jesus of Nazareth. Understand this. This was not just an arresting of Jesus for being a public nuisance no. or for public drinking. Uh -uh. No, no. This was a gospel testimony. Christ came as the Lamb of God and the Lamb was to be identified to be inspected That's for right. blemishes. That's right. And then to be put to death. Yes. Jesus was not to be put in the zoo for people to come and pet him. That's right. come on, he came to die. Amen. And so what condemns the lamb to death? It is 
the sin of his people. It is the law because of sin, because the power of sin is in the law. So the law knows that it is a sacrifice that must be put to death. Hence the testimony of the chief priests against Jesus. The chief priests represent the law and they know that someone has to die. They want Jesus to die. They don't have to understand it, but Jesus understands it. Jesus said unto them, I am he, and Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. Jesus said to them, do not go any further. I am the person that you're looking for. And Judas also, who betrayed him, stood with them. This is what Judas was raised to do. Judas had no option. He couldn't run away from God. It was given him by God to betray Jesus. And none can run away from what God has given them to do. Jonah tried to run away and he still found himself exactly where God wanted him. That's right. All right. Yes, sir. And you and I have been trying to run away from God also. We know where we've been, but here we are. We are listening and enjoying the testimony of Christ. In verse 6 of John 12, we are told, As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Why did they go backward and fell to the ground? Because if you're looking for me with more than 600 strong men and you say, I'm looking for James Guyo and I said, I am he, why should that many people fall to the ground? <laughs> this was not some fake miracle or show of power. It was a real demonstration of power. And that to say Jesus was never vulnerable in the hands of his own creation. That's right. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not go on the cross because he was powerless. Yes, sir. Jesus did not die because he was powerless. He submitted himself to death. There was and is something in that I am. That's right, brother. Whom are you looking for? He said, I am he. And that was more than self-identification. He was saying something greater. Yes, sir. And saying, I am that I am. Amen. Of Exodus chapter 4. Of the burning bush. I am the God of Israel. And so they fell in worship. Because God doesn't ask anyone for permission to be worshipped. As soon as you come in his presence, you're going to fall down and worship. You go and ask Isaiah. Verse 7, then asked he then again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. So Jesus asked them again, second time, who are you looking for? And that question was repeated twice by Jesus himself. Jesus supplied the question and the answer. Who are you looking for? I am he. That's right. Like Jesus is talking to himself. That's right. Why? Why is he asking two times and giving the answer two times? Because of the law of witness that a matter shall not be established by one witness. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. You see, they could not ask Jesus for his driver's license or passport or debit card. Jesus had to identify himself by speech. 
by questions and answers. Verse 8 of John 12. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. So the Lord repeated the answer to the question that he had asked on their behalf and said, I have told you that I am he. And yet it is he, as I said, who asked them both questions. But then he said, If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. Let these of my disciples go their way. And that is the subject of our message. That is the message that the Lord gave me to bring to you. If you are seeking me, let these go their way. And we have to understand and believe these words in order to have a faithful gospel testimony. They are not ordinary words spoken by an ordinary person. They are words of life and judgment. So to get a proper understanding of them, we must know what Jesus came to do. He said of himself in Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So his life was to be given as a ransom, as the price of your freedom from condemnation of sin. His life was the only condition that God required for your salvation, for your freedom from captivity of sin. Sin has captured all who are born in Adam, captured them and kept them under the power of death and condemnation. And Christ alone is he who came and made the payment by which now we have been set free. John 1, 29 to 30, the testimony of John the Baptist. John says, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him, that is John the Baptist. He saw Jesus coming to him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. And yet, John was older than Jesus. How can Jesus exist before John the Baptist? Because Jesus was younger by six months, according to the flesh. But yet John says, no, no, no. He is of a higher rank than I because he existed before me in what manner as the word of God who was in the beginning with God. The word that was made flesh that he may die. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That is God's message to you and me. Behold him who is the Lamb of God. Behold the Christ who takes away, who took away your sin. And how was the Lamb to take away the sin of the world? Just as happened in the Passover in Egypt, you know very well the story of the Passover, the history of Israel in the land of Egypt, how they came under captivity to Pharaoh for 430 years. And God said, in the fullness of time, I'm going to come and I'm going to deliver my people. And he came and said, oh, I've heard the cry of my people. And he came and miracles were done, nine of them by the hand of Moses and Aaron. But none of those miracles set them free. Because you need more than a miracle to be set free. You need the shedding of blood 
So God appointed for the Passover lamb to die in the place of the people. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood of salvation, only God sees. When he sees it, the blood of Christ, I will pass over you, which means I will justify you from all your sins. And so Christ, the firstborn of God, in terms of rank and power, Christ is the God-man. He is God and man. Sinless man and holy and righteous God. Christ was not just some created angel, some exalted angel, as some ignorant people claim. The Christ of the Bible is the one who created all things. And he holds all things by the word of his power. And he is seated on the right hand of majesty. God is not going to have some other person just come and sit beside him. (laughs) Only God can sit beside God. Christ is God. So, Christ came as the Passover lamb. And he said this of himself in John 10, beginning at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd does what? He lays down his life for the sheep. He gives his life to death in the place of the sheep. In other words, he goes in the place where the sheep were supposed to be in condemnation. And he takes that condemnation on himself. He stands for them. He assumes their guilt. He takes their sin debt upon himself. And he makes payment by way of death. But why death? It seems the Bible is full of death. Uh Right from Genesis is death and more death and more death and more death. Because without death, there's no remission of sin. There's no cancellation of sin. That is what remission means. Without death, there's no, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin because the life is in the blood. So the death of Christ, he shed blood, met the righteous requirement of the law for all who are called sheep. So much that the book of Romans 8 says because Christ died, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. But then, For only those who are the sheep. Because not all are sheep. Because if all are sheep, this place will be full. We have been extending it outside. (laughs) Jesus said to the Jews, in the book of John still, from verse 26 to 28, But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep. As I say to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and this is what I do for my ship. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Not the devil, not even yourself. You are not capable of snatching yourself from the hand of God. You can try it. I'm sure you've tried it many times before. No one is able who belongs to Christ to snatch themselves 
away from Christ. Death cannot snatch you away from Christ. It is nothing over you. I love to say, death for the saints is just now a means of transportation to glory. So you're going to hear a lot of testimony that, oh, God really wants everyone to be sheep. But that's not Jesus' teaching. Sheep are those that were given him by the Father to serve from before the foundation of the world. Their names were written in the book of life from before the foundation of the world. And how do we know that we are sheep? We believe the testimony of the Father about the Son. It is that simple. It's not about what we have done or what we have not done. It's about what he did for the ship. The Lord continued in John 10, verse 12, and said, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the ship, sees the wolf coming and leaves the ship and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the ship. Jesus did not flee when he saw the Roman soldiers and the army officers from the chief priests. He did not flee. In other words, Jesus did not flee when he saw condemnation coming his way because of your sin and mine. That would have made him a hireling with very little interest and investment in the ship. But Christ Jesus could not abandon the ship. He would never abandon the ship. So anyone who says salvation can be lost has not heard from God. They have not known the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible says, I give my sheep eternal life and they cannot be lost. He said, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. There's no good shepherd with the name who loses their sheep to wild beasts. If Jesus loses just one, I don't know the number of the elect that God gave to Christ. They could be two billion, could be five, could be ten billion. Only God knows. And he's not going to lose not one. He's not going to lose not one. So the Lord said to the Roman army and the officials from the chief priests, If you seek me, here I am. Take me. But when you do that, let these my sheep go their way. Leave them alone. What is that saying? It is saying Christ, the good shepherd, submitting himself to death on behalf of his sheep. To make a payment for them that they could not make themselves. It is Christ speaking as the mediator for all his people. As the advocate for his people. As the lawyer for his people. He speaks to these representatives of the law. Which seek to condemn his people. And says Here I am, here I stand, and I stand in their place. Set these ones free. Let them go their way. Whatever you may have wanted from them, by reason of their sin, will find satisfaction from me. God wanted something from you and me. He wanted total, perfect obedience. That's right. And we could not do it. Couldn't do it, 
So Christ is he who came and stood in that place and said, well, if you have me to do all this righteousness perfectly, then let these people go. <laughs> I'll pay for whatever they owe, even by way of my death. So let these go their way. So Christ was commanding the officers of the law. He was pronouncing their justification before God. Why? Because Christ is greater authority than anyone. He has greater authority than Rome. Greater authority than the law. Greater authority than the devil. So once Christ has justified you, there's nothing that can condemn you. So he was standing in as the innocent victim. But also he was the judge. Remember, Christ is everything. <laughs> he's the advocate. He's the prophet. He's the high priest. He's the judge. He is all these things. And he's speaking and declaring freedom for his people. Let these go their way. Because their sin has been put on me. And I will make the payment good. Christ went to the cross guilty of our sins. All your sins were put on him. The sins that you know about, the sins that you don't know about, which are 99%, of your sins. <laughs> you are ignorant of them. Christ knew every one of them. And every one of them was put to his account. And he cleared the debt. Yes, he did. Amen. And the father accepted the payment because he resurrected Christ from the dead. If Christ is not reason, you and I have no salvation. When we die, we go to the place of torment. But the good news, the proclamation of the New Testament, is that the Christ is risen. He is risen in victory. Yes, sir. And Paul would say, if the resurrection did not happen, then your faith is in vain. We are of all men miserable. Because we go about claiming that he resurrected and yet he did not. So the resurrection is to be celebrated because it was also your resurrection with Christ. So we have been risen with Christ and have been seated in the heavenly places. Possessing every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Right now as we sit. We possess everything that God wanted to give us in Christ. Yes. But how could that be that Jesus would say, let these people go? I mean, Peter is doing all kinds of antiques. Peter is a sinner. Peter is going to deny Jesus. You and I have denied Jesus. And yet Jesus says, oh, leave Peter alone. Leave the other guys alone. How could that be? That Christ would come even today and say the same thing of you and I. Because we were given to him by the Father. As I said before, you and I know where we have been growing up. Teenage years, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. We know what we have done. And Just because it happened 20 years ago is not payment for sin. Time does not pay for your sin. Sin can only be paid by the shed blood of the Son of God. Okay? So, what is our hope in the face of judgment? What is our hope today? In the face of judgment. Because that's the issue. But some people are still waiting to get better. 
before they can consider themselves saved, they want to get better. But getting better by whose judgment? Who is measuring you getting better? We can never get better enough, even if God were to give us 20 more million years to live. We could never get better to be accepted by him. But you hear a lot of people say, oh, you have to do some good works. And that should make it good between you and God. But that is not good enough. Because it is too late for us to do good works that are acceptable to God. Not for salvation. The good works that have been ordained are not for salvation. They are because of salvation. Okay? So that is very important to understand. So let these go their way. Is saying by Jesus, I have sanctified them. I have washed them clean. They are clean by the word that I've spoken. Jesus said that in John 15. You are clean by the word that I've spoken. Clean by the blood that was shed. The blood that came by, or it's finished. What was finished? The purification of sin. He purified all his people and made them clean. So let these go their way. Why? For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And that is saying the only person who is remembering your sins is you. God does not remember them because Christ made full satisfaction for all that you owed. Okay? John 18, verse 9. We have three more verses and we should be done. John says that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake and said, Of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. So those words by Jesus, let these go their way was in fulfillment was testimony of the words that he had just spoken to the Father in his high priestly prayer, where Jesus in John 17 was praying to the Father and saying, Father, I have finished the work that you have given me to do. I finished everything that you gave me to do. I finished. Jesus is the only one who finished doing laundry. Christ alone is the only person who ever finished cleaning. You eat today, you're going to have to clean the place. You're going to be washing the clothes day in, day out. You've been doing it for a long time. It's still not done cleaning. But Christ has no more dishwasher. He is done. Christ is done. Hear this. This is what Jesus said as we close the message, getting close to it. This is what Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17 from verse 6 and 12. I want to read the whole chapter. He said, I have manifested your name to the man whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. So all those who belong to Christ always belonged to God. They were given Christ to redeem and become his bride, the church. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, 
and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So that is the whole testimony, that you believe the words that God has given us in Christ. Amen. That Christ came from God, that he is the Son of God, and he is our salvation. I pray for them, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I could not say to God, all yours are mine, and mine are yours. That would not work. It only works with Christ, because he also is God. Now, I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Those that were given him from every tribe, people, tongue, and nation, he has kept and he is keeping. The son keeps. The father also is in the business of keeping because we are those kind of people that need to be kept. Because every opportunity that we have to run away, we run away. So he keeps us from stumbling and he's going to present us faultless before him with exceeding joy, yes. as the book of Jude says. And he says, none is lost to condemnation because of their sins. None is lost. Not a single one is lost to condemnation. Yes. Except the one appointed to perdition. In this particular context, it was Judas. But none of those that were given to Christ are going to be lost. They are coming to heaven. Christ will see to it. The Holy Spirit will see to it. And the Father will see to it. And also, Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, But God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Simon Peter probably missed the head. I think he was going for the head. And got the ear instead as a consolation prize. <laughs> but he was trying to show his devotion to Christ. But it was devotion that was due to ignorance, lack of understanding of the moment. The Christ has to go the way that was appointed him by the Father. Then Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my Father had given me, shall, not, shall I not drink it? So the Lord has been, if you read in the Gospels, as he was approaching the time of his crucifixion, he had been telling his disciples over and over about his death. That he had to go by way of the cross. Yeah. But his disciples did not get it. They were still in denial. Mm -hmm. They did not understand God's will for Christ. For him to die. And to die for them. But death was not going to keep Christ in the grave. Because he said, I have this commandment from the Father. No man takes my life away from me. Nobody took the life of Jesus. Jesus was not murdered. He submitted himself to death. And he says, I have this commandment from my Father to put down my life of my own accord. And to take it up again. And so taking it up, he did. 
So the cup that was given him by the father to drink was talking to his suffering, to his death that he would experience on the cross due to God's wrath that was being poured on him on our behalf. And in Psalm 75 verse 8, the psalmist says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. So there's a cup of judgment. It's been mixed. It is a very strong mixture of God's own judgment, of God's own power. And he says he's going to pour it. And it has to be drank. Down to its dregs. But then, who drank it? Christ is he who drank it. He became the wicked of the earth. He became as if he was the wicked of the earth. Why? Because he was made sin for us. That we may be made the righteousness of God in him. So he drained that cup and drank it down to his dregs. And that means complete satisfaction of God's wrath, of his justice. God now is satisfied, not just with Christ, but with us because of him. Verse 12, and that's our last verse, and we're done. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. That is right. The lamb had to be bound for slaughter. He had to be crucified. Because that is how we escaped the condemnation of our sin. If Jesus comes and he goes back to heaven without passing through Mount Calvary, there's no salvation for us. So, with everything that I've said, what is your hope and mine this very day? Our hope is not going to come from the things that we do. It's going to come from hearing the words of Jesus. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus mean in respect of us? He said, if you seek me, if you apprehend me and crucify me, then you have to let my people go. You have to justify my... This moment that I submit to you, you have to justify my people. If you're looking for me, you have to let my people go. That is how it works. It does not work any other way. There's no other way that is acceptable to Jesus. If he has stood in your place, then you must needs go your way. No condemnation. Sins paid for and forgotten. Christ could not say that. Amen, sister. Thank you. Let this go away. And as Jesus is going to the cross, he preaches the same message through the testimony of Barabbas. The testimony of let these go their way, he also preached through the person of Barabbas. You know the story of the notorious prisoner who was in jail. He was a murderer. He was a thief and he caused a lot of political problems. And he was supposed to die. He was on death row. And in the conversation between Pilate and the Jews about Jesus, Pilate asked them whom they wanted Jesus to set free. And Pilate said, do you want for me to set free this one called Jesus or Barabbas? And the people said, we want Barabbas. And Pilate asked them, what shall I do with this one called Christ? And the people said, 
will crucify him. <laughs> and it sounds like a hateful thing, but that's what is supposed to be done to Christ. He must be crucified. Amen. And so what happened on that day? Barabbas went home. Barabbas went home free even though he was supposed to die. So you and I have gone home, shall go home free even though we were supposed to die by God's judgment because of the Christ who came and stood and died and suffered and justified us from all our sins. That's God's message. Beloved, God be praised. Amen. Amen.